Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. So you made me watch Eraserhead. Thoughts, feelings? <laughs> I know it's, um, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. It sort of seemed like you did for a second there. I do, I do have, well, I have answers, if that helps. Oh, okay. Okay. So Eraserhead is one of those classics. It's David Lynch's debut mm-hmm. that he made over the course of like... Four years. Yeah, 19... Well, I, my understanding was 1972 to 1977. He started working on the yeah. script in 1972. But uh, finally... Shooting it took four years. Yeah. yeah. And um, he did it as a student film, basically. He was mm-hmm. about to drop out of film school. And they got him to stay by helping him make this movie. Yeah. And uh, had a lot of lucky breaks with it. And um, it's considered a masterpiece by some. I. <laughs> what are what do you think it is? I didn't hate it. Okay. I don't love it. I kind of feel the same way about it as I do The Shining, where I'm like, oh yeah, 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 that's really fine. I like The Shining more than I like A Razor Head, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people put so much extra into it that maybe isn't there or it isn't as deep as people think and i think that's because of stanley kubrick and david lynch being looked at as these enigmatic filmmakers yeah and david lynch saying you know stuff like you know a lot of people have chosen to you know uh, given their own interpretations about what Eraserhead is about. And, you know, some people say it's about man's fear of commitment and being a father. And, uh, but no one's gotten it right. It's like, fuck off. That's clearly what the movie is about. Yeah, the movie yeah. is clearly about being afraid to be a father. In fact, his own daughter, yeah, his own daughter Jennifer said, Lynch. Yeah, she was born with club feet that were so bad that she needed to get operations Mm -hmm. and yeah she even said oh yeah yeah it's about me yeah (laughs) well not it's about me but like it is about like his fear like being like becoming a parent because she wasn't a plan like she wasn't planned Mm -hmm. you know she you know her mom got pregnant and they kind of had to be a family because that's what you did in the 70s yeah like he originally wanted to make 
a movie based on one of his paintings called I know it's not called Garden State, but it's Garden Something, I think. Mm-hmm. And um everyone was like, eh, that would probably be too much to do. So he had this twenty two page script, which uh, Which is why a lot of people passed on it. Well, when uh, he was trying to get funding, why people were like, "Uh, yeah, no." Like, well, they originally thought it was going to be a twenty-two minute long movie because mm-hmm. it's generally a movie of uh, or a minute, a page of script equals about a minute. Of about a minute, time. yeah. And well, he told them it, it was going to be a, a smidge longer, so they were like forty-four minutes. It's eighty-nine minutes. Yes. But let's be honest, it's a 22-minute long movie. It is, and it's because there's just a lot of, you're just watching time pass. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's all artsy with the, you know, like, close-ups of things or, like, slow pushes into, you know, slow zoom, like, into the radiator. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's, it's, the way that I describe it when people ask me, like, what it's like or what it's about, I'm like, if you want to watch film as art, this is one of the ones that you would watch. Oh, yeah. It's definitely an expressionistic look, in in my opinion, of uh, the fears of parenthood. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite <laughs> fitting, after we watched it, <laughs> <laughs> our baby was up all night <laughs> Crying. He was. Yes. He was like, He's like, you want to live, Racerhead? How I'll about make we do a happen. theme night? I understand you guys used to drive past the Elm Street house and then go see Elm Street. So uh, here, <laughs> you can watch a movie about a baby crying all night, and then I'm going to cry all fucking night. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, thanks, Benji. Thanks, pal. Um, One of the mysteries about this movie, too, is the baby in the movie. People are always wondering, like, what was it? What was it? And, you know, how did you make it? And uh, allegedly, he won't say at all, which means it's probably just not exciting. Well, allegedly, it is a an embalmed calf fetus. fetus, Yeah. Which I can kind of see. But I can also just see it being like rubber. The eyes move. It's not. It's not a fetus. Right. Because the eyes like will roll back. Like it's a puppet. Yeah. It just maybe he pulled some images of what he wanted it to look like. And an embalmed calf fetus was one of the things that he's like, I think it should look kind of like this in the face. Yeah. I will say that I think the design of the baby is probably the best part of the movie because, you know, like we said, it came out in 77, the same year as Star Wars. It's a very, it's a very impressive special effect. It is. Yeah. I I would agree. And um, one thing that I did want to add to our discussion here is, so I watched this movie when I was in college in one of my film classes. One thing that my professor said is that sometimes in film, not everything means something. So sometimes not every little thing is deliberate. It's just a way to get to the next. Like, yeah, there's a lot of window yeah. dressing yes. on the uh, to keep you in the the mood, the mood. Like, yeah, um, like uh, walking, long shots of walking or the lady in the radiator, the lady. Well, the lady in the radiator, I think, is supposed to be him thinking about killing himself. Oh, OK. That's my that's what I think. Hmm. But who knows? Yeah, I, he, that's you know, because yeah. at the end, you know, he kind of accidentally kills his baby or deliberately kills his baby and then I think kills himself. That's 
my interpretation okay. of the movie. <laughs> okay, the man in the planet who uh, not only helped uh, get the movie made, Jack Fisk, mm-hmm. uh, but what does the man in the planet mean to you then? And I didn't mean to say that with a snotty oh. tone, but... So, to me, the man in the planet is his fear about what his child could become. Oh, okay. Like, that he'll screw his kid up. That's my interpretation. I have no idea if it's correct. I would say that, statistically, odds are only 100% that he would have. Um, Jack Fisk, by the way, was... And this is... I'm trying really hard not to do any of the trivia that's been out there Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, because this is one of those movies. But Sissy Spacek is his wife, and they contributed a lot to the movie. She even was kind of like a production assistant on Mm -hmm. set. And really, had she not gotten Carrie, she might not have had the money to do this. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dougie always talks about how I bring things to punk rock. Uh, yes. So here are my two punk rock connections for this movie. Okay. First, there is a Dead Kennedy song, Too Drunk to Fuck, and there's a line in it, balling like the baby in Eraserhead. And yeah. now I understand now that. Now you line. get it, yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that Eraserhead was pretty much entirely about a crying baby. Holy shit. Yeah. It's about the most difficult part of having a kid and, you know, like a partner and who may be absent and additionally like who maybe doesn't have the best role model as far as parents go and there's all these things that kind of come into play for frank Mm -hmm. is it frank sorry henry henry i'm thinking of frank from the other night the other movie we watched (laughs) yeah a lot of people often confuse eraser head and cat from outer space how dare you (laughs) this isn't a movie that i would say is for everyone So the other punk rock connection is that Jack Nance, who plays Henry, Mm -hmm. is the dad in the Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized video. Oh. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. Okay. Yeah. So I like it. Uh, You know, he was an odd fixture. He was a a theater guy from Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania that knew David Lynch before even going out to Hollywood and went out to Hollywood, didn't have a huge career because he was uh, battled alcoholism his entire life. And Mm -hmm. one of the sadder moments of his life was uh, he ended up marrying Jerry Van Dyke from eight is Enough's daughter. Uh Kelly Van Dyke, I think her name was. And um, they met in rehab apparently. And she was doing porn or she started doing porn when they got together because her porn name was Nancy Kelly, spelled N-A-N-C-E-E, mm-hmm. like Jack Nance. And um, mm-hmm. he ended up doing a porno with her, which oh. was just a uh, a fetish thing of him spanking her bare butt. So, oh. uh, And that is available online. So. Ooh, how nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the, the dialogue um, in that is very funny because it's all improvised and it's something like he's like, I saw you hanging out with those heavy metal hippies. <laughs> and he's spanking her. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. And then Judith Roberts, who plays the um, beautiful woman across the hall, mm-hmm. 
is the um the one very the... severe looking woman in um orange, orange is, is the, the new, new black, black. Yeah. yeah she's one of the older inmates yeah. in um orange is the new black and yeah she has severe features but you know she's very beautiful yeah and then the guy who's at the pencil machine uh hal landon jr uh played ted theodore logan's dad in the bill and ted movies oh nice yeah <laughs> one of the things that i remember from when i watched this the first time is i had a very similar feeling to how you felt after we watched it where you were like what the fuck did i just watch and then like after you know i kind of like read imdb and like we had a class discussion about it i was less like what the fuck was that and more like okay like it's an art film it's fine but i do remember a lot of people in my class being really pissed off that we had to watch it because they were like nothing happened because it's it's tonally i would say tonally it is similar to fargo and a lot of times you're just watching time pass like it's very slow moving it, the and difference it's deliberate being, of course that fargo is good uh, no fargo wow fargo's fun to watch like fargo's yes, fargo very entertaining has, this yeah eraser head is like being trapped in a guy's nightmare it has mm-hmm. all the logic of a dream and yes it is uh it is very dreamlike yeah it's very effective in capturing a dreamlike feel I just don't think it's worth doing the whole like deep dive like okay he steps in a puddle with his right foot but then when he gets to the apartment mm-hmm. he takes off his left shoe and sock to dry them out what do and it's like well they may have shot those like years apart exactly and- like that those are things that you can't really be you shouldn't be holding on too much to continuity on this movie because shooting took 4 years to do they're not going to remember everything from when they were shooting outside to when they were shooting inside to when they were shooting, you know, dream sequences or whatever. Like, as you said, don't forget it is a student film. It is a student film. So he's still learning too. you know? Yeah. I think to add a, a secondary layer to this, because he said that he was very inspired by uh, the neighborhood that he lived in, in Philadelphia. Yes. So I think, it was also the fear of raising a child, child in, in that uh, environment. In the, yeah, in a abstract sort of look at that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I did like the sound design a lot. Yeah, because a lot of times it just sounds like running water or like air moving or like, you know, wind. Mm-hmm. I was much more aware of this time. Like it, there's always like a hum going on. Yeah. I did see that it suggested that you watch it kind of loud. I think that would have helped, but I think it also would have made me go crazy. <laughs> so I'm glad that we didn't yeah. watch it too loud. It's jarring when people talk too, like mm. because there's so little dialogue in the movie and sometimes people are just shouting. Right. Randomly shouting or banging something. It's not, you know, the, um, weird like wasteland terrain that he walks through at the beginning of it now uh-huh you know what that was construction for no what the uh beverly center that i used to drive past all the time when i yeah. would go to san gashes oh yeah. my gosh that's so funny yeah so that area now is just like <laughs> super nice super shopping. nice and like shopping and like condos i think that's shit. where the target was that i hated going to because there was a guy who looked like <sighs> 
Tobey Maguire with platinum blonde hair. I know. And I remember buying toilet paper one time and he just gave me a, the dirtiest look like, ugh, you defecate. It was the Hollywood one. It was the one that we didn't like going to because everybody there was too pretty to be working at a Target. Mm-hmm. It made us feel self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was much more that. I think I would have liked <laughs> Jack Nance because... I guess he was at a screening for this and someone was asking what the movie meant and he was just sort of like, it's just a fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are you trying to assign meaning to it? It was sort of like the William Shatner, like, you people get a life. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I, I still really cling to that thing that my professor said where, like, not everything means something. Mm hmm. Because I think people are trying to, sometimes, especially with a movie like this, people will try to interpret literally every little thing. And sometimes it's like, well, he just needs to walk to the door. And that's just how he decided to walk to the door kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you really want to hear, instead of people speculate what the movie means, you can, uh, David Lynch put out a documentary that is just about as long as the movie mm-hmm. and it's him on the phone <laughs> basically a speakerphone on his desk talking to Catherine Coulson who was married to Jack Nance at the time uh just talking about the movie and um you know <laughs> it was it was fine it was interesting i like stories of how things end up getting made yes. and he ended up getting some pretty lucky breaks as far as like free developing of the film and usage of space and i wish i had seen this before we did a um a movie with a uh old friend of ours uh named jared we're both in a movie called footlights Footlights, yeah Yeah. and watching this i could see how jared was very inspired by a racer head and i think it kind of works that he was the only person, I think, making the movie that was very inspired because he wrote it, directed it, and stars in it. Yes. And, you know, I, in all honesty. Does it make more sense now? Yeah. If I had to watch Footlights or Eraserhead again, I would watch Footlights and not just because I'm in it and really good <laughs> in it. But I think Footlights is a much more enjoyable film. Yeah, this is one that, and it's weird to say, like, you don't necessarily enjoy it. It's a very specific kind of entertainment. It's, I think, supposed to be thought-provoking more than enjoyable, I guess, is kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably in the minority that I've seen. I haven't seen Twin Peaks at all, but I have have. seen. I know. But I have seen pretty much every david lynch movie i believe with the exception of blue velvet which is kind of weird that i haven't seen his two biggest things yeah that's so weird but it's like lost highway you know it's a lot of surreal imagery that you can try to figure out what it means if you want to or not yeah you can just kind of go along for the ride or mulholland drive and uh, yeah you know i i don't know (laughs) it's just it's not it's just not for me you know, it- that's okay. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's, I will defend a razor head and say, like, it's, I think it's an important movie, especially for people who are 
looking to make avant-garde film or (laughs) I guess very David Lynch-like movies. But is it a movie that is meant to bring pleasure? No, I do not think so. No. If someone told you that a 30-year-old art and film student made a film, it's pretty much exactly what you would expect it yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, and I'm glad that I watched it. I'm not really anxious to go watch it again. I feel like I got it. Like yeah. I, I don't think it's one of those that I need to keep watching it until I can really f- crack the code. I I think I got it on first view. I I don't think it's a movie that's meant to be watched over and over again. And if you are someone who is watching Eraserhead over and over again, get help. You need therapy. Yeah. Like just go to therapy. You'll feel so much better. <laughs> I promise. I'll add in closing too that we were um, medically feeling relaxed when we watched this. We were. <laughs> and he, David Lynch did comment on one thing that he did say that I will agree with that I didn't really see anyone talking about on any of the analysis videos that I watched today was he looks at it as a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely moments when we were watching it where I was just like, oh, that was actually pretty, pretty wry. And um, so, yeah, I can see how he could argue that it's a dark comedy in moments. Yeah, there's certainly silly things that happen or like things that happen that are so over the top where you're just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like with the grandma, like sitting in the kitchen where the mom is like making a salad and then she just brings it over to the grandma and like plops it in her lap and like grabs the spoons for it, puts them in the grandma's hand and then just moves the grandma's hands to toss it. Like, yeah, that's pretty funny. I I did like the whole scene with the parents of the woman that he ends up impregnating. Mm-hmm. And it really captured that uneasy feeling you have when you meet someone's parents for the first time. Yes. And how little things they do seem so weird. He just kind of cranks that up past 11. Oh, he yeah. He cranks it up to like a, a 17.6. It's way up like there. Like just some random number and then you're supposed to figure out why 176 what does 176 if you add them all together it's 14 but then if you add the one and four it means five and there are five people in that scene so is that there must be a i mean yeah it's sort of like the shining and what i think this where movie you is can really about, find things if you look hard you can find anything if you look hard enough i think this movie is actually about the rising of the indoor shopping centers in america what what are you talking about no i'm just saying that you can apply any oh yeah stupid random meaning to that's fair yeah because yes yes you can what if i have said that in jest and david lynch listens to this and goes finally someone got it (laughs) (sighs) then that is so sad yeah (laughs) So that was Eraserhead. I have now seen it. So uh, so don't yeah. rush out and watch it. You're, it's. I mean, we watched it on HBO, right? Yeah, it's on HBO. It's Max. on HBO Max. It I is, do recommend seeing it. You know, it's, if you've never seen it, watch it. But you know, be prepared. It's yeah. it's very slow moving. It is a mood. Yeah, it's definitely a a tone poem. Yes, a tone poem indeed. It's yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, and by a lot, I mean like nothing is happening for very long stretches so it's certainly the logical follow-up 
from a 1979 Disney comedy. Certainly is. Certainly yes. is. <laughs> and you picked it. I went through my whole list of movies and I was like, what do you want to watch? Which one do you want to watch? And you were like, I kind of feel like watching Eraserhead. I was like, okay. Well, you gave me a list of like 19 shitty romantic comedies wow. with interchangeable names wow. or Eraserhead. Wow. Hurtful. Some of them are Disney movies. You're mean. Okay. <laughs> 16 romantic no. movies. No. <laughs> so mean. Do you have a pretentious piece of shit <laughs> that you want us to watch or you think we should watch? Or is there a movie that you know is a like you know it's a well-respected movie and you're glad you watched it but you just don't want to watch it ever you know, again? <laughs> I don't think this is pretentious nor do I think it's a piece of shit. It's I, not a piece of shit. Yeah, I think it's just comical in the way that they amp everything up. I will say that the um frustration that the mom of the uh i think they called the uh the prop spike the baby yes they did so uh the frustration that she feels and storms out of the apartment i get it (laughs) yeah god i hope the kid fucking sleeps tonight i do too all right uh so yeah let (laughs) us know on the message board if there's something that you think we should watch if it's like one of those you know movies that you're supposed to see before you die yeah i'd like to see more of those you also have citizen kane on your list Mm -hmm. that i have not seen yet and honestly aside from citizen kane and eraserhead i can't think of any other of those quote-unquote important films that I'm supposed to have seen that I have not seen yet. So, uh, yeah, uh, I know we have some very astute. Yes. Listeners who. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what imagery you put on Instagram for this. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for watching this with me. I know it's only an hour and 29 minutes, but it felt like 29 hours. No, I Um, was, I was being glib when we were watching it. Is that what you were being? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy isn't the right word, but I am glad that we watched it. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad that we watched it too. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Yep. Uh, until then, keep being awesome and bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.